The Lord be with you. I would like to welcome you to a very special Sunday morning service today. Can you tell it's game day? <laughs> uh, very exciting that we had a chance to play with the bulletin today. So you'll notice the liturgy looks a little bit differently. There's different names for things to get you into the spirit of this game day. So welcome everyone, those who are here in person, those who are joining us online at home. We have come to do a special thing. We have come to gather from wherever we are to give God thanks and praise, to worship him in every way. And so I welcome you to this great day. There are many things happening in the life of Rosedale. And uh, one of the things that has just happened is we started a new group online called Prayers for Possible. And I am excited to say that's my group. And so we are going to use that opportunity to offer prayers and scripture, uh, reflection. And so uh, if you so choose, please come and join me online uh, at our group called Prayers for Possible. Also, you'll see a note of thanks from Bob Seymour, who is our Director of Congregational Care. He has had a rough uh, time since Christmas with his health. And so I would ask that you continue to pray for Bob um, as he is about to have uh, an ablation coming up this coming Friday. Also, we want to acknowledge that uh, we have some others for whom we would like you to pray every week in the bulletin, both online and here. You'll notice we have a prayer list. And so what we do on Sunday mornings, we actually do call it the huddle, even when it's not game day. And our deacons are able to see who to pray for, who to call and contact. And now uh, I will give you the latest and the greatest since we printed that bulletin last Thursday. We want to acknowledge that Jerry Gibbons did have surgery this past week, the second surgery, prayers for him and his continued health. Eldon Plew had a pacemaker put in last Monday. He is home. Also, Barry Blummel is about to have hernia surgery on February 15th. And then the Barry Shaver family had lots going on this week, so I would ask that overall that you hold them in your prayers. Uh, Patricia Barry, who is Michelle's stepmother, passed away on January the 26th. And then Mike Shaver's husband, I'm so sorry, Mike Shaver's cousin, Kay Sweet, passed away on February 3rd, and Michelle's aunt is in the hospital. So lots going on with that family. I would ask you to hold them in your prayers. Continue to lift up Sally Roach's family. They are going to be waiting until we can come back together and do our service and committal and our big luncheon when the way be clear. But I would ask that you continue to hold uh, her children and family in your prayers. As you can imagine, this is a difficult time for them. As we make our way through the congregation in prayer, every week we select three to four families and we ask you to hold them in your prayers. And this week it is the Burgadines, Fitch, Krupa, and Ulesic families. So having given you the prayer list, let us now be about what we came to do. Let us worship God.
Let's huddle up and please stand as you're able and join me in this morning's call to worship. If you're worshiping with us online, your responses will be seen on the screen. Your recruits are here and ready to worship. Every day, our lives is a big game. We each are your number one draft pick. You have given us the blessing of each other to play together. Listen up, team. Sometimes you don't play the game of life as well as God would like us to. 
So sometimes we need to own up to our mistakes and ask God to coach us so that we can do better. So let's pray together. You have gifted us. Hear the good news. God has pulled us off the bench and has put us into the game because he believes in us. Your last fumble or error or penalty has been erased from his mind. In God's eyes, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the comes from one of the wisdom books as written by King Solomon. Listen for what God listen for what God may have to say to you this morning. Two are better than one because a good returner comes when two work together. For if one of them falls, the other can help him up. But it is hard for one who falls when there's no one left to help him up. And if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? One person is able to have power over another who is alone, but two can stand against them. It is not easy to break a rope made of three strings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, and this is in God's newer playbook, the New Testament. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, 
by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, may all that we do and say in this day be well and good in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So God and the devil were having an argument, and Satan proposed a football game between heaven and hell to resolve the dispute. God, in his eternal goodness, pointed out that it wouldn't be a fair match because, after all, all the good players go to heaven. The devil smiled, replying, yes, but we've got all the referees. <laughs> As Lion fans, we like to blame all their mistakes on the referees, right? Yeah, we just have a terrible team. So I know that this is going to come as a shock to you all, but I'm a tomboy <laughs> and proud of it. Since a wee little lass, I have always loved sports and being a part of a team. And I think I played most everything that was available to me back in the day. Soccer, softball, basketball, volleyball. I used to be on a bowling league. I've attempted golf a handful of times in my life, but my arms think they are swinging a baseball bat instead of a club, and usually the results aren't very good. I love to downhill ski. I was even part of a ski club that went out to Mount Brighton every Friday night. There was powder puff football as juniors and seniors in high school, and then intramural flag football in college. It's a small heartache of mine that hockey was not yet available to girls when I was growing up, but I had the pleasure of playing a lot of pond hockey with other kids in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood where I grew up, we had two large ponds within walking distance of the house. So tons of time was spent out there in all seasons, from fishing to ice hockey. And there was nothing better and showing up to the pond after a snowfall to go skating, shovel in hand, just in case, only to find that someone else had already been there and shoveled out a rink. I even attempted rugby for a short period of time in college, but that's a whole other story. So I grew up in a fairly athletic family. My mom was actually a ping pong champion, winning a tournament on a cruise ship. And I loved listening to her stories about her years playing basketball and how the girls were able to play half court. Right, Mary? Yeah, I see. Mm -hmm. I remember your stories, too. <laughs> My dad wasn't exactly the athletic type. 
He was a highly decorated Special Forces war hero who could probably kill you with a napkin, but he wasn't all that great at throwing a football. We all have our gifts. As far as us kids, the athleticism skipped right over my oldest sister, yet flourished with the rest of us. I'm pretty sure my brother was the one who taught me how to throw a ball, and if he wasn't, he is definitely the one who eventually taught me how to throw it with pinpoint accuracy. Give me a softball and I can hit any target, moving or still. Ironically enough, however, if you ever find yourself in a snowball fight with me, don't worry, you're totally safe. Because if the object I am throwing is not the size and the weight of a regulation softball, I can't hit the broadside of a barn. Again, we all have our gifts. So next to Jesus and the church, sport has easily been one of the most definitive factors of my life. Through sport, I learned the art of discipline and strategy. I learned humility through winning and losing. I learned how to accept defeat gracefully and how to learn from it. I learned how to have confidence. Sport taught me how to have a work ethic and the art of mental toughness. Sport taught me how to be a part of a team. But the greatest gift by far that sport gave me was teammates. There is something to be said about a relationship that is formed when individuals come together in the arena of competition. And this isn't only relegated to sport, of course. You see this in cast members in a play or members of a band or coworkers who come together to form a strategy or a vision. Oftentimes when people come together with a shared goal in mind and that goal requires the gifts of every person in order to come to fruition. A bond is created in the process. And no, it's not always pretty. Disagreements can happen, personalities can conflict, yet the strength of the team is seen in their ability to move through these obstacles again in order to achieve a shared goal. When I look back over my life and I think about those other girls with whom I shared many of my days on the softball field, I can't help but feel a connection with them that has remained tangible in my soul, even though the teenagers and the college kids we once were are now long gone. A bond is forged through hours of drills in the hot sun or the cold snowy spring or the stuffy gym, through the hours crammed in a van traveling to an away game, through the amazing wins, the disappointing losses, through the 5.30 a.m. practice times. God has given us the gift of other people to share in the struggles and the joys of life, whether it be family or friends or coworkers or neighbors or teammates. And I know it's incredibly cliche to say that life is a game, but on this Super Bowl Sunday, it felt like an appropriate route to take with this message to remind us each of our value as teammates as we do our best to live the lives that God has called us to live, whether we are fully sold out for Christ or we're still just trying to figure this whole faith thing out. After all, we only need to look to God and Jesus to see how they value team. 
First of all, they operate in the confines of the Holy Trinity, God, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, each with their own unique powers and set of gifts that are used to transform the rest of the team, all of humanity. Even Jesus gathered a team around him in the calling of his disciples before he began his public ministry. So clearly, they are leading by example and showing us all the power of teamwork. Now, unfortunately, as this year of COVID continues to drag on, right now it feels like we are all participating in a solo sport. Some of those things that this particular community of faith has valued doing together has had to be put on hold, like the adult work weekend or the choir, and it's been hard. But we have also found ways to be creative in our ministry and our mission in spite of the necessary restrictions. And God has blessed the work of our hands. God has helped us to still find ways to work together while remaining apart. At the heart of who we are as Christians, there is nothing about our faith that encourages us to go it alone. Christianity is not an individual sport where a bunch of us happen to show up in a room together and do at the same time. No, it's about people coming together with a common goal, and that is to encourage one another to be Christ-like and to grow in faith and to serve with open hearts. I personally don't believe a good team is necessarily defined by victories, but I believe a good team is defined by the ways in which it carries themselves through the character of their conduct and how the players push one another to simply be the best person they can be, both as an athlete and as a human being. And the same applies for us in our faith journeys. We need each other to hold one another accountable, to push each other, to encourage each other. As I have traveled the days of my life, I have sometimes found myself longing for that same camaraderie that I felt with my teammates once upon a time. But then again, I am also overjoyed with the realization that I do experience that same camaraderie with the body of Christ, my fellow believers. Like it said in our reading from Hebrews, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And as we continue to navigate our way through this pandemic, we continue to need encouragement from one another as this period in our lives continues to drag on. In my senior year, of college, my softball teammates and I were driving back from Ohio, uh, back to Ohio from Florida after a week-long spring break tournament. We were caravanning in two 15-passenger vans. At 5.30 in the morning on I-75 in northern Kentucky, the van I was riding in ended up in an accident. I'm not sure how many times we rolled because I was asleep and I was awakened to my world spinning. When it stopped, I found myself lying on the ceiling because the van had finally come to rest upside down. 
Next thing I knew, I was crawling over shattered glass onto the highway out of a side window that had been smashed out. The scene was chaotic. Suddenly, faces of strangers appeared asking if I was okay. A semi-truck driver helped get some of my teammates out of the van. I ended up finding one of my teammates a ways away from the crash site. She was sitting on a guardrail holding her bleeding chin that had a large cut, wearing neither shoes nor socks. Miraculously, there were no major injuries. All of us survived. There were concussions and badly bruised bodies and sore backs and stitches. Some did go to a hospital in Kentucky to make sure all was well, but that was the extent. Once it was determined the van was stable, I crawled back inside to help retrieve our personal belongings. Loaded down with as many backpacks as I could carry, I made my way up the highway to where our other van was. One of our coaches who was driving that van had ordered all the girls to stay put. So I was the first person to give them any news. And they were far enough up on the highway that they couldn't see much of the crash. So they had no idea what had happened to us. They had no idea if we were all okay. Since we were in the hills of Kentucky, they thought the van had gone down the side of the highway. But thankfully, we had been stopped by a guardrail with a steep drop on the other side. I will never forget the looks on my teammates' faces as I opened the, the door to their van. Their looks of fear and the tears that shone on their faces from the dome light that came on as I opened the door. Right then and there, as I looked at their faces, I knew that we were all connected for life. Even though they were safe and sound in their van, they experienced the trauma of the unknown while the rest of us had survived a physical trauma. There's an unspoken connection between us to have survived such an ordeal and then to go through the literal physical and emotional healing together in the weeks and the months that followed. I share this story because we are all experiencing a trauma together right now. And no, it's not as dramatic as a van accident, but it is traumatic nonetheless. And it is a collective experience that will forever draw us together as a people and as a team. And I know for myself, I will look back on these days and give thanks to God for his provision and his providence. And will thank him for those teammates with whom I have traveled through these days. I will look back and remember the faith community that I had the privilege of serving during this time and give thanks to God for all the, for the amazing team of this congregation that has come together to work through these days, to offer support to one another in countless ways. You all are inspiring, and I hope you feel that same sense of connection with one another as I feel with you. Perhaps you are familiar with the movie Miracle, that is the story of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. At that time, the Russian hockey team was considered invincible as they were made up of professional athletes. 
Coach Herb Brooks, coach for the United States, was tasked with the responsibility of putting together the best team that he could, mostly made up of college kids. When the players first started coming together on the Olympic team, many of them had been rivals as college athletes. Rivalries that they struggled to set aside now that they played for the same team. And that animosity they had for one another was reflected in their play. They could not seem to get past their feelings toward one another, and thus their play together as a team was terrible and unproductive. Each day in practice, Coach Brooks would call out a player and ask, Who are you and who do you play for? The player would respond with their name, where they were from, and the name of the college they played for, like Boston University or the University of Minnesota. One night, after a particularly dismal performance during a game before the Olympics, Coach Brooks made the players stay on the ice and made them do what I would call from, from my sporting days, suicides or killers. They started on a goal line and would have to skate as hard as they could to the blue line, then back to the goal line, then to center ice, back to the goal line, up to the next blue line, goal line, and then goal line to goal line. They had to do that all in 45 seconds. This drill is terrible. And Coach Brooks made these guys do it over and over again, all while lecturing them on the value of playing together as a team. This goes on for so long that the manager of the ice arena turns the lights off on them. The team thought that they were finally done, but Coach Brooks kept making them go. It even came to the point where the assistant coach and the team doctor were desperate to get Coach Brooks to stop, but he wouldn't. The players could barely stand up. Some were getting sick. So let's watch a quick scene from the movie to see how this moment concludes. This cannot be a team of common men because common men go nowhere. You have to be uncommon. Again. Herb, this has gone on long enough. Everybody on that line. Somebody's going to get hurt. Everybody get on that line. Hey. Again. Again. Herb. Come on, Craig, blow the whistle. Again. Michael Ruzioni! Who do you play for? I play for the United States of America. That's all, gentlemen.
Finally, someone got it. The answer that Coach Brooks has been look, had been looking for from his players for weeks was finally given. Who do you play for? No longer was the answer a college or a university, the thing that defined who they were as individuals, but the United States of America, the banner under which they all played, the banner that united them together as a true team and no longer individuals of it. And something amazing happened with that hockey team as they went on to beat the unbeatable Russian team, eventually winning the gold medal and the announcer of that game asking another question that has gone on to live in sports infamy. Do you believe in miracles? And you all know how much I love to ask my questions too. So these are the two questions before us today. Who do you play for? And do you believe in miracles? Yes, we have identities as individuals with our own individual skills that God has blessed us with. But when we realize that we play for the larger team, God's team, that is when miracles begin to happen. And we are not just simply Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church. We are members of God's larger team, a team that is striving for the betterment of a kingdom. Teamwork does make the dream work. And together we can do the impossible. We are God's playmakers, and we are his number one draft picks. Each and every one of us, regardless of our age or skill or ability, he has called us, each of us, onto his team. And now he is calling us to huddle up and to listen to his leading and direction like a coach does with their players. And if we work together, each using our own skills and abilities and talents, then yes, we can achieve the impossible. We can make miracles happen together. Amen.
Together with our differences, together we are bolder, braver, stronger. My friends, a reminder that scripture has said that we have been blessed to be a blessing. And one of the ways in which we have the opportunity to bless others is by giving back a portion to God, uh, a portion of our lives and our labors, our gifts and our talents. If you are here in the sanctuary with us today and have an offering to give, we do have collection boxes in the narthex. You're also invited to text to give. If you're worshiping online, you will see that number in the chat this morning. So now, a word from our sponsor. On this day of the big game, we are reminded that there are usually two types of fans. Those who watch the game watch the commercials. Rosedale, this one's for you. sponsors who have really cool Clydesdale horses, but our nursery has a pretty great rocking horse. Probably will not see any of your dogs playing in the puppy bowl. We may not be sponsored by Under Armour, but we have the armor of God. We may not be sponsored by Doritos, or Diet Coke. But we should be. We may not have a big flashy show, but we have Sandy Bay.
sponsored by Snickers either. Kelly, what kind of sermon was that? I don't know. I just don't feel like myself today. Here, have a Snickers. Better? That's much better. No. Rosedale is not the NFL. We do not have high-priced coaches, or players, or flashy uniforms, or famous people singing our hymns. Yes, our pastures may now be internet sensations, but that's beside the point. Instead, we have a full community food cupboard. We have hands to help build and repair homes. We have hearts that care for one another. We have people who comfort the grieved. We sponsor missionaries. We tutor children. We honor our military and first responders. We assist in the community. We take care of frontline workers. We have vibrant worship. We help clean up streets and alleys. We feed the hungry. We make disciples. We love our neighbors as ourselves. And we believe God makes all things possible. The Ministries of Rosedale Gardens. Sponsored by you. Nor are we sponsored by Ford. But we should be. to kind of be serious. <laughs> Let us pray. Playmaker God, God of us all, what a blessing it is to be in your family, to be on your team where all are welcome. What a joy it is to bring ourselves and our offerings to you this day, and we bring them hand in hand with joy. Lord, of this game day, through it, you remind us what it means to be a part of your team as all of us are welcome. We give you thanks as we sing from the bleachers that we are all the family of God. The bond between us grows as we travel through the seasons of our lives, sharing the struggles and joys of life. We all have a share in each other's lives just as surely as we share in a greater story 
that is your story. We share in the struggles and joys with one another, and we all have a place to call our own as you call us to go together. God in one, God our creator, redeemer in Christ, our sustainer, our Holy Spirit, you hold us together when it feels like we're on an empty field, feels like no one's in the bleachers affirming us. COVID has allowed us to believe the lie that we are isolated, and today we speak your truth in this prayer. For we know that although the world's view may have us feeling alone, we know that we are not alone. You are always with us. We are not alone because we have a place in this church. We have been and continue to be together even when we are physically apart. For we proclaim the truth as scripture says that we are all one in you. Help us to spur one another on in victory. And as your message in Hebrew proclaims to encourage one another in faith, it proclaims our call that we can live life in you and trust and hope and joy. For Jesus, how you guide us into relationships that feed our souls, those close friends that you give us as a gift that through trials and tragedy, through the best days of our lives, they are just ever present. And my, how you have ministered to us through each one. You have helped us rise when we have felt like we have fallen through them. For today, Lord God, we give you thanks for all those in this congregation we give you thanks especially and ask your guidance to be with the families, with the Gibbons and Jerry as he recovers, with Eldon as he, re he continues to recover. We ask that you would be with Bob in his upcoming surgery and with Barry too. We ask that you would cast your blanket of love and care over the Barry Shaver family as they mourn the loss of Patricia as they mourn the loss of Kay, and yet as they give thanks for each of their lives. We ask that you would continue to be with Emily in the hospital. We ask that you'd watch over the Roach family as surely we are all picturing Sally's wonderful smile that continues to inspire us in faith. We ask that you'd watch over the Burgadine and the Fitch, the Krupa, and the Ulasic families. For God of Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church, you have blessed us as your church. In and out of this pandemic, before, during, and after it, we shall go together, one faithful step at a time, growing in our faith, inspired by one another, who share pews with us, who share your table with us, who are at home right now and in our sanctuary. As we love you together, we serve you together. We know that we are stronger together. We follow Jesus together as we step into the future with hope. And we know who we, are. We, know who we play for, for we play for you, holy God. And we believe in the miracles that you create 
for we have seen them come true. When the world says it's impossible, we live in your possible, as together we now pray the prayer of your Son, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, teammates on God's team, we began our service with 
a pep talk, which is from Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens one another. And now we have another message for you as part of our benediction from Galatians 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Jesus Christ. My friends, we have now huddled up together this morning and we have heard God's direction to go and do the best we can to serve his people, to love one another to watch over each other, to bear each other's burdens. What a blessing it is to have each and every one of you as teammates in this life. And now may the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you this day and always. Amen.